keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts. I am your host, Dan St. Germain. Today, we are not just reviewing a person. We are reviewing an institution. It is the roast of the XFL. Uh, but before that, joining us today to review Dynamite, Mike Lawrence decided to make a, his Brock Lesnar-type appearances on our pod. Did someone call me the JR of uh the podcast which was was clearly mean um and and hurtful but i was like you know what i'm gonna treat reviewing dynamite like it's rampage <laughs> isn't it great like he's still working there and he's still like there on the days of the tapings he's just not doing the main show okay but that describes 30 percent of their roster right now <laughs> like you could that's basically miro I mean, I, I don't think you, Miro's not even on Rampage. There's there's no one that needs to be fired more than JR in that company, in, in my was, was Miro wasn't even in the Battle Royale last week, was he? No. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck is going on there? They only had they only had room for the top-tier guys like Brian Cage. You know, it's it, when, when he's able to cut as good a promo as Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia, then they'll put him on Dynamite. Well, we're already getting snarky, and we haven't even gotten to the Dynamite or Dud part yet, folks. We'll <laughs> Once he cuts a Soraya-level promo. <laughs> uh, we, we got some interesting stuff coming up. Next month, we're roasting the Von Erics. We're roasting Dracula on Patreon. We're roasting the Undertaker player. And, wait, wait, uh, Dracula? I thought we already roasted Linda McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she's a nice lady. <laughs> Just seeing that Robert's paying attention. <laughs> Robert. I want to suck your cock. <laughs> oh, that brings me back. <laughs> um, and we're going to, uh, for this week, if you're a patron, we're going to be doing a Q&A episode. We had a blast last week with the roasts of Johnny Ace and Ace Steel. Scott delivered a, a, a borderline MVP performance of the year as far as how many lookalike Ace Steel jokes. If you haven't heard <laughs> it, it's, I mean, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty on point. I've never... I've never seen somebody like capture somebody's physicality the way you have, Scott. With it's that amazing comment. for someone to get a ton of lookalike jokes when they were on TV for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like every single lookalike is like a possum in a trash can. So, <laughs> it's all like an animal freaking out. Yeah, possums are more selective about who they'll bite, though. <laughs> um, but we're going to talk about the XFL, folks. Bright side of the XFL. Well, I, there's a market for this. I mean, that, that's that's my big bright side is I don't think this was a crazy idea. Like, I, I don't think it was a crazy idea. I think there was things about it that made it totally snake bit. Um, I think WWF's success in, uh, you know, 2000 or 2001, whenever they did it first, 
that kind of hurt it because everybody I know, you know, I wasn't a big NFL fan and I became a big NFL fan in college, but I turned it on thinking I was going to get like a sports entertainment version of wrestling and I mean, a football instead, I just got a worse version of football. Uh, and then the games got actually pretty good when they brought him back again, but the pandemic totally fucked it. So I don't think it's like one of these ideas. I don't think it's the world bodybuilding federation. I don't think it's a Vince idea where I'm like, who is this for? I think there's a market for this. I think the rock buying it shows there's a market for it. Um, I do think it could have worked in Eastern Europe. Like it, it probably would have worked better in America, outside of America than it would have worked here. Um, there's some innovations they use like the sky cam that ended up getting adopted by the NFL. I mean, people, people shit on the announcing, but was it any worse than Dennis Miller doing Monday night football around the same time? I don't think so. Um, and you know, I said this before, but the games were pretty good the last time. So there is a bright side to the XFL, despite it being a giant failure in so many ways. I don't think it's, I, I, I don't, I don't think it's completely out of question what he did. Um, maybe I'm being too kind. Am I being too kind, Robert? No. Um, there's, there's sort of two lanes you can look at when you look at the XFL. I think on the one hand, yes, having a second football league makes a ton of sense. It makes more sense now than it did then, as opposed to when they had like the USFL, because college football is a massive, massive draw. It, it pulls in huge numbers. It is... Uh, a ratings juggernaut, and there's only so many guys who can make an NFL roster that there really is enough talent where they can put together decent, competent football games at a point in time where if there's no other football to watch, people will just sort of watch anything. As a college football fan, if I want to watch a game on a Friday night and it's, you know, Hawaii playing Boise State, like, I'm just going to watch it because I just want to watch football. And the idea of creating a secondary league made a lot of sense. The problem was, is that people didn't want to give Vince McMahon the benefit of the doubt because people just, they hate Vince McMahon. Legitimate uh, sports hates Vince McMahon. Legitimate entertainment hates Vince. It's sort of been the narrative. Any feminist, any black person. Women, white, minorities. Yes. Anyone but Robert Karpolis hates Vince McMahon. <laughs> I think the family of Ico Pro is actually pretty happy with this. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're doing fine. <laughs> Uh, and whoever whoever owns Muscle Milk uh, has a second house because of you Vince. Know. But I think the snookers look to the sky and go, "Thanks, brother." Once you a know, year, he he came in at a point in time where like the NFL was so revered, and he's like, "I'm gonna make it better." And they're like, "No, you're making it like the Jerry the uh, Jerry Springer sleazier. We're gonna have cheerleaders who are scantily clad, and we're gonna get into the locker rooms and all this other nonsense." But yes, a lot of his innovations did make the game better. Trying to get rid of the extra point because it's completely superfluous led to the NFL moving the extra point back an extra 10 yards. Uh, trying to make the, the players' personalities uh, shine through is something that the NFL ultimately wound up stealing. Uh, a lot of the faults of the XFL were people just wanted to see it fail because they wanted to watch Vince fail. And if this would have had a second season or a third season, I think they would have worked through a lot of the kinks and figured it out. They just had a lot working against it, namely NBC getting the Winter Olympics rights, uh, UPN thinking that they're a real network, uh, and Vince just being distracted. I think the, the reason why so many people were happy to see the XFL go away was Vince was distracted elsewhere and the WWF product suffered. You know, this thing went away in March of 2021 
and April of 2020, or sorry, 2001, and April of 2001 is WrestleMania 17. And everything just sort of started to fall after that. Uh, he, he, the company was really never the same for a while. And a lot of the people I worked with were there during that XFL time. And they talked about how you were expected to work on Raw. You expected to work on SmackDown. You expected to work on Superstars, pay-per-views, and work on all the XFL stuff. So you're working your staff to death who are just completely burnt out. Everything is is fractured and split. And it just sort of suffered and, and people wanted to see it fail. They willed it into existence of failing and it failed. Couldn't have said it better myself, Mr. Carpolis. Scott, did you ever check out an XFL game? Yeah, when I was a kid, I went to an XFL game at a giant stadium. I don't remember oh, wow. who played or anything. I remember being really cold. I remember hoping to see WWE guys and I remember they would appear on the monitors, you know, like Stone Cold would just hop on and be like, are you ready for a hell of a game or whatever, you know, and everybody would freak out. Uh, I also remember getting XFL stickers. Somebody had a bunch of them. I don't know why. I guess either someone worked at MetLife or whatever, but there was like an excess amount of XFL stickers that every kid in town had. So other than that, I don't remember shit. I remember the player, he hate me. I, I like that your having... town is like that one place in Africa where they get all the Super Bowl shirts for the team that didn't win. <laughs> yeah, like every kid in school had an XFL team sticker on their like notepad and shit because we just had so many XFL stickers for some reason. Yeah, other than that, I don't remember shit. I loved the microphone, like being in attendance and, be, and being able to hear them hit each other and curse and scream. And I thought that was fun at the time. You know, as a kid, seeing the cheerleaders in hot tubs and stuff, uh, I thought that was like, oh, that makes it cooler. And now looking back, it's it's insane and belongs on Spike TV. The comeback, it, it looked like it was going to work, right? And then COVID hit. But that comeback did get a huge rating. And I know originally the first episode of XFL got a big rating and then it declined. But this was something people actually kind of gave a shit about. And it was also around that time where everybody had their heads up their asses about kneeling and stuff. And the XFL was like, we're, they're not allowed to kneel here. You know, Vince really thought he was going to swoop in on that part of it. So, yeah, I don't know. It was dumb. I, I didn't give a shit about it. It's just, you know, it's hard when you have like a legitimate sport because, I mean, like you're saying, Robert, it's like, I don't really want to see that Hawaii game, though. I mean, like, I like football a lot. I like it a lot, but I'm not like, I, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm definitely not the college fan you are, and I'm definitely not the football fan you are. Um, but I, I just don't, I, I, just to me, it's like, I don't understand why I'm watching people who aren't even, you know, in the, in the top college playing group let alone the nfl well, so i think that part of it at least now with how the rock has it structured is the xfl is basically going to be nxt it's going to be guys who you're you're partnered with the nfl the nfl is going to be more welcoming to these guys so if you are a top tier xfl player you're going to get another look by by an nfl team you're going to get another opportunity to play whereas the xfl was like a carnival sideshow and it was, you know, we're going to laugh at these guys and maybe four or five of them. I mean, plenty of guys wind up making it back into the NFL, but it wasn't like it was a given that if you're a star on the XFL, you're going to get picked up by an NFL team. Now, with the Rocks Association with it, the XFL is going to be guys who maybe 
were on practice squads and got cut. And now they're going to get another look and get another chance at being in the NFL. And it's going to be a, a more positive relationship. Whereas before it was very combative. And anytime you go up against the NFL, you're going to lose. I mean, remember that ESPN show playmakers where it was a pretty well done scripted show, but the NFL was basically like ESPN. If you want to continue to work with us, like you got to cancel this show right now. And the show just went away. They have that kind of power to make things just kind of, it's like Jimmy Snook on a date. Like it just vanishes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's interesting because like, there's a lot of parallels between wrestling and football, you know, a bunch of, dead 40 year olds who kill their wives um <laughs> but <laughs> what's interesting like it it is hard to run both a wrestling company and a football company at the same time based on any photo of tony khan at a jaguars game uh, <laughs> you know um i think that vince on the sidelines spoiling <laughs> spoiling survivor series on accident <laughs> you know it's like i i mean i'm not a big sports fan but you know i wanted masculine people to like me for years so i'm aware of it um (laughs) and i mean the big four to me right it's it's the nba mlb nfl and nhl and i really feel like like baseball is so guarded in tradition and so fucking like you know historical you're not gonna beat that NFL, the popularity, and same with NBA. I feel like if they did a fucking hockey league, because hockey has never been that big in America, they might have had a shot. I think that they, they picked the wrong fucking sport, if you ask me. Um, Robert, what do you think as someone who's failed in both wrestling and hockey? That's a fair <laughs> point. Um, I think that the the NHL is the XFL of hockey. Um, I miss. <laughs> I missed the glowing puck. I think they should have brought that back. Uh, hockey of the four is definitely the the least of the four for most people. It's not easily accessible. It's not a. It, it's it, it's it's a fun event to go to, especially if you live in like South Florida, simply because you get to wear a sweater, which most people don't get to do, and that we found in our marketing and uh, our service that was a huge draw. Women wanted to go to hockey games. Uh, the Panther games because they wanted an excuse to wear their jackets and sweaters and winter coats that they couldn't wear otherwise. Um, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think a second hockey league would have, would have worked. I just think football, it, it football. I just think football is the hardest. Football is the hardest, but football is popular because it really only exists for like 16, 17 weeks and then it's gone and you miss it. And by creating a secondary league, where even if you're drawing a fraction of the audience, people are still going to show up and they find a way to make it somewhat profitable. I think it'll be fine. And these and these networks are desperate for for programming. It's like what are they they're airing like pro bull riding whenever the I NFL mean, is like, gone. Yeah, I agree. I think the shortness of football, the fact that there's one game at the end instead of a series that every you know every game has stakes because of how short it is and um like trying to want more football is like you know being dan in a star cast green room just really thirsty and (laughs) (laughs) just looking for some kind of fix no Uh, but i i think that it's an interesting idea. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll always love the story of the XFL because it truly is the height of Vince's arrogance. 
you know, like that he thought that he could take those guys on is fucking amazing to me. It's like, I mean, it's one of the best 30 for 30s, him and Ebersol at the end having dinner, like Joker and Lex Luthor. Like, it's so fucking funny, like, that this was the, you know, I mean, the NFL makes and breaks networks. Like, it's still the biggest fucking thing. I mean, they're... People try to call other things the Super Bowl of something, and the Super Bowl is the only thing that's the fucking Super Bowl. It, it has this cultural uh, cachet, and my favorite story about the XFL is the uh, the SNL with Jennifer Lopez, yes. where fucking Papa Lorne stepped in with NBC and was like, "What the fuck?" Where they had like she was like having to wait in the green room because they were waiting for an XFL game to end. And I remember, like, my dad's a big football fan, and he watched the first game, and I was like, you know, what did you think? He's like, yeah, it's just shittier football. It's like, he's like, it's like watching arena football, but you're not there live. So it's not even that fun. I also heard the second game, it, like, fell off the air or something. They had to siphon gas from cars that in the parking lot. was the same lot. one where it was going so long in overtime. Yeah, yeah, and they ran out of power to to run the show. Uh, what else did I hear? Oh, I also heard they flew a blimp over an NFL game to mock them, you know, like, yeah, we're coming for you. And then the blimp crashed into like a 7 <laughs> Eleven somewhere. Yeah, yep. um, that was just that was just Mabel. That is a true New Jersey tragedy, eh? an XFL blimp crashing into a Wawa, you know, well, just the fact that like Vince, you know, like Vince did that shit with territory guys, like you know, he did that with the Crockett's, and that shit works there, but. You know, it's like he he flat out tried to buy an election for his wife twice and it failed. It's like you could fly too close to the fucking sun sometimes and, you know, just stick to the rivers and white trash lakes that you're used to. (laughs) That's the beauty of lakes that you're used to. The beauty of the XFL is you can just even if you just read the changes, you can just imagine what it was like. Vince sat and watched one football game ever and all the things he had a problem with. Like, I want to know what they're talking about. They should be fucking the cheerleaders. Why why are the why are the commentators not being meaner about this? What's this nonsense with a kickoff? They should just be running at each other. Like if he had his way, they'd all have spikes like the Legion of Doom whenever they were out there playing. And you just watch what this is. And it's like it's George Miller style, like Mad Max, but as football. And there's something fun about that. My, my favorite XFL anecdote was when I was there, we had a treasure trove of the secret funniest person that ever worked there was Kevin Kelly. And there's all these outs of like little things where he was doing recordings for like superstars or whatever. And one of the ones we'd always play that was buried that wasn't supposed to exist was the XFL regular season has concluded. Please hold your applause. Okay, delete that. I'm going to get fired. And it was like, and we would play that on a loop all the time because he was like, this thing is just fucking dog shit and everyone's ready for it to be done. I think Vince didn't know what to do with the level of success he had because this is around the time of going public. Like, I mean, this is such a fascinating, you know, and you mentioned WrestleMania 17 and kind of the the peak of things uh, creatively and quality-wise that it all just was like, this perfect storm of arrogance and ah, I beat you, Ted Turner. Let me let me take on the NFL. And take on the just, NFL and open a restaurant. What could go wrong? Yeah, man. It's it's interesting. And then it's like once all the big shit failed and they were back to little things, it's, even like WWE films, whenever they do something like 
smaller sometimes like that movie with holly berry where it's just like a decent movie that they released in an off season it was like what was it one of the stranger calls or something it was like number one it was it was one of those uh things but yeah they they had success when they go small like smackdown records did well when they would release those wwf soundtrack compilations those would chart uh when they started doing their own publishing house and it was like okay foley's book did well so now we're gonna you know partner with simon and schuster and every wrestler is going to get a book and those all sold um so when they when they find ways when they're you when they're within wrestling they're still successful as anytime they branch out outside of wrestling with the exception of getting trump elected they're very rarely successful and i think it's a thing it's so fascinating vince finally like leaving this year that it hasn't been mentioned but he left before he ever got that because I don't think he ever was going to get that mainstream. He's always going to be the wrestling guy. Well, you know, this HBO doc goes how it's going. He may get the mainstream attention. <laughs> we finally get it, guys. All right, let's get to our roast of the XFL. Scott, you want to go first? Sounds good to me. All right, the XFL. To the average wrestling fan, XFL is their dream T-shirt size. <laughs> XFL where the players are so dumb CTE is irrelevant <laughs> Randy Savage thought XFL was a shot at him since his ex was fucking Luger Vince <laughs> <laughs> can't trick me <laughs> the XFL where a blitz ends with a Krieg where a quarterback is a penny lost. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Where if you were sacked, it just meant Vince sent you a picture of his balls. <laughs> where a scramble means a cheerleader had an abortion. Oh, jeez. A quarterback is also what Marty Jannetty accuses every ca- a cashier of not giving him. <laughs> In the XFL, a tight end is called a loose asshole. XFL will wear a Hail Mary is what a quarterback does before bed in hopes of being forgiven for a murder he committed. <laughs> in the XFL, the wide receiver is just Mrs. Cornette in the locker room. <laughs> wide receiver. XFL is also an acronym for what Teddy Hart says to the police every time the cops show up. My ex is fucking lost. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the XFL is for people who think having football on Sunday isn't insulting enough to God. <laughs> it's the devil's football. That type of football my, 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 my mama said, my, 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 my mama said, my, my mama said, <laughs> was the devil. In Europe, they call soccer football and the, NX, and the XFL fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, in the NFL, teams are named after animals and natural disasters. In the XFL, teams are named after symptoms you have during a manic episode. (laughs) They put nicknames on their backs instead of their last names, so cops wouldn't know who to give the warrant to. (laughs) And finally, in the XFL, no one is allowed to kneel during the national anthem because kneeling may remind viewers of their failed proposals and marriages. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Robert Karpolis. The XFL was meant to be extreme football for real men, not that pansy NFL shit filled with drug addicts, rapists, and murderers. (laughs) One of the most famous nicknames in the XFL was He Hate Me, 
which was a nickname a lot of black wrestlers had for Cowboy Bill Watts. (laughs) (laughs) Vince saw the NFL and thought, why can't I do that? Watching someone spend millions of dollars to make an inferior version of something beloved was the inspiration for Dixie Carter to invest in TNA. The ratings showed that audiences only wanted to see unwanted football players in one place, the WWF. (laughs) The XFL was known as the worst show to air on UPN. Take that, Shasta McNasty, homeboys in outer space and secret files of Desmond Pfeiffer. (laughs) The teams all had unique names. The San Francisco Demons, or what Pat Patterson called Ring Boys. Vince revived the XFL in 2020, but it was cut short due to the pandemic, one of the few bright spots of COVID-19. <laughs> in the XFL, cheerleaders were encouraged to date the players, but players found it a lot less fun when they were willing. <laughs> Rather than flipping a coin, XFL games opened with a human coin toss. Human coin toss is also what women call going out on a date with Teddy Hart. Heads you live, <laughs> tails you die. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, the X in XFL did not stand for extreme. And if you watched any of the games, you know the F sure as hell didn't stand for football. The New York team was named after the Hitmen, which seemed fitting since in 2001, New York would deal with its own screw job. (laughs) Spalding was the official equipment manufacturer of the XFL. Balls were slippery, hard to handle, and had to be rubbed with sandpaper. But enough about working with Vince. (laughs) McMahon refused to use artificial turf because he doesn't like anything fake about his sports entertainment. The XFL cost Vince McMahon so much money, I'm shocked it didn't have to sign an NDA. (laughs) The XFL was perfect for the wrestling fan who only watched the WWF for concussions. (laughs) Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross did commentary for XFL games, and you thought Lawler had trouble telling R-Truth and Shelton Benjamin apart. (laughs) (laughs) Bob Costas hated the XFL the way Jim Cornette hates AEW. The only difference between the two is wrestlers actually want to fuck Costas' wife. (laughs) Finally, the XFL was purchased by The Rock. Though if he wanted to buy an embarrassing, unloved disappointment Vince created, he could have saved a lot of money and just bought Shane. (laughs) Does uh, Casas have a hot wife? Uh, His second wife. Hey, good for him. I thought that was five jokes ago, and Dan's like, wait, I gotta try to fuck Casas' wife. (laughs) It's time for Dan's Google Image Corner. Who wants Uh, some dick, Costas? All right, let's go to my shitty jokes. The XFL. Slightly more watchable than the N... N uh, let me do it again. Fuck. The XFL, slightly more watchable than the WNBA, but slightly less than bum fights. It was the first time Vince got in trouble with his dick. Dick Ebersol, the guy who fired Norm McDonald and greenlit bosom buddies. Dick Ebersol was friends with OJ, but to be fair, he always loved a guy who killed it in the 18 to 35 demographic. the xfl even our rules have cte the xfl originally stood for extreme florida football league if you didn't watch the xfl imagine the nfl but every team's the jets (laughs) 
Vince said players couldn't kneel during the national anthem, which is both a courageous political action and the next thing Nash will blame a no-show on. Oh, yeah, I was just trying to support my brothers and sisters, you know. Uh, they were trailblazers, putting cameras in the locker room long before Velveteen Dream. <laughs> the ratings eventually nosedived, which is how Seamus describes Stephanie sitting on Hunter's face. Seamus is forced to watch handcuffed to Butch. <laughs> Oliver, Oliver Luck got $30 million from Vince when the XFL failed, which is actually their best experience with an Oliver. They got bought out by The Rock. When reporters asked Rock if Vince was cool with it, Rock said, let me see, he's been sleeping on my couch. Uh, <laughs> imagine this not being the most embarrassing mess you've created for yourself. Dick was in a plane crash in 2004 or the one from hell I'm allowed to talk about. <laughs> the plane had experienced extreme turbulence and as it began to spiral down, right before it hit the ground, Ric Flair pulled his pants up. Ultimately, guys, it's just nice to see WWE and NBC working things out, unless the show's written by Dan St. Germain. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I didn't get the Oliver joke, and I'm sure I'm going to be- Oh, because the John, it, was, it wasn't that good of a joke, but was, I was just trying to do something with the John Oliver thing. There was like, oh, my, I still okay. had three good jokes, and then everything else was kind of fucking- No, I just didn't get it. Yeah, no worries. I was just like- did you, Mike, Mike, you don't have any XFL jokes, right? No, no, I'm just critiquing yours. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> um, He's like the guest judge for this now, episode. Now you know how Mike gets all those punch-up jokes. It stinks. <laughs> uh, nope. All right. Let's go to our show. Can, we, can we get Lovitz? That'd be better. Yeah, uh, it yeah you get all those punch-up jobs by avoiding terrible assignments. <laughs> and yet he uh, still watched Dynamite. <laughs> uh i unfortunately yeah uh show and hell opening xfl promo um look man i mean I, I i sent this to you guys because i was like hey this is the famous thing we all remember from the xfl vince saying welcome to the xfl and i was gonna make fun of it but i just saw tony khan live you know what i mean and i can't I cannot look at Vince's promos the same. I cannot make fun of Vince's promos. Even when the promo's bad, it's usually because I think the angle or what he's saying is bad. Because Tony has made Vince's on-screen work look like fucking Philip Seymour Hoffman. So it's it's tough. Like, I can't, um, you know, uh, he, he, he announces everything the same, but it's probably the most exciting thing that happens in the game is that speech. Right? I mean, can you everything imagine? Else no, and then the guy pops his shoulder out on like the first play. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Do you imagine if Tony acted with like jag, like football players the way he does with wrestlers? Like that, that picture of him with Bandito and like him hugging them and like, oh God. Yeah. I mean, oh, I, I feel I'd love like to see him and Trevor interaction... Lawrence interact. What'd you say? I'd love to see him and Trevor Lawrence interact. I mean, because NFL players don't have to care. Yeah, I was gonna say like any any interaction with Tony the football player would just be the CM Punk press group. <laughs> Pretty uh, much, we, yeah. NFL players don't have to put up with this shit. But the Vince the Vince promo was great because 
he's wearing like a jack a bomber jacket like in an uncomfortable way like when a president goes to throw out the first pitch at a baseball yeah. game and you know they would never wear this and he has such contempt for these people like it's like watching if gabo came to life like he just hates everyone in this in the stands and he thinks they're all idiots and he's giving the same bullshit stuff he always says like you know we appreciate you inviting us into your home and that works for like wrestling fans like NFL for football fans don't really give a shit like they're they they're just there to watch it they they're not there to you know to feel like you know, I'm not going to talk down to you because you're smart empowered people who give me money to watch this shit that I put on TV Yeah Robert I, I'm wondering is have you seen have you ever worked with anyone or seen anyone who hates their audience as much as Vince Yes I worked in hockey for 8 years he does this podcast. <laughs> I do this podcast. Uh, no, Vince. I don't know, Vince. I mean, there's people I worked with who hated the the wrestling audience a lot. Vince didn't really hate the wrestling audience. He thought he was creating entertainment for these people who who got it and that there was a sophistication because in his mind, he still thinks back to those old crowds where it's like men wearing suits and women wearing dresses and it's in Madison Square Garden and it looked like an event and not, you know, bib overalls in uh you know let's just pick a state let's say alabama not that i'm thinking of anybody in particular like just some like slovenly just ghoul of a man covered in chicken grease sitting next to a flare that he bought online watching wrestling hoping someday he can breathe heavily into a microphone with wrestlers who owe so much money that they'll do anything to pay it back, including leech off of subprime mortgage bullshit. All right. All I'm right. Just, I'm thinking hypothetically hey, spinning cut, it. Cut Robert's mic. Cut Robert's mic. <laughs> hey, 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 this is a, this is a sad free show. <laughs> no, you're By here. The way, Robert's also, Robert's the first to say these things on the air and the first to also text us. Hey guys, I don't think we're on ad free shows anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's not like he's relations. listening. Conrad's got more important things to do. Uh, like all of Robert's got, relationships, know. besides his marriage, seem to have like a painful back and forth. <laughs> uh, you know that from the hours of four to eight, he's got to get out of his chair. <laughs> That's why he has Casio Kid. He I gets the forklift and lifts him up. I will say that guy worked. As far as like, as far as how big he is and for how much he works, it's pretty insane. It's pretty. Yeah, he's funny. the Kevin Owens of mortgages. <laughs> Let's get to uh, Dynamite or Dud. This is our segment where we review AEW Dynamite from the past week. We see if it held up against Raw. I did not watch Raw this week. I heard Raw was pretty good. Raw though. was great this week. Um, yeah, of course, that's the one I missed. But our, I, I saw some of it. I saw like clips here and there. The edge stuff. That, that actually wasn't Robert. Robert had to go to the bathroom and a puppet that Robert programmed uh, was here that is just supposed to say, Raw was great this week in response to whatever you say to it. Raw was great. Raw was great. WWE treats wrestlers humanely. <laughs> all right dynamite or dead you were able to one. F- you were able to fool ferris bueller's parents but you ain't fueling full of me <laughs> all right hour one this is uh the main highlights of hour one we had a jericho appreciation society segment uh celebrating chris jericho's ocho win uh his ocho world title win as ring of honor world champion we got brian danielson versus matt menard we got mjf and wheeler utah Cutting a back and forth that was mostly, mostly back. Um, and, uh, <laughs> we got 
John Moxley versus Juice Robinson. Scott, what did you think about this first hour? Oh, boy. I actually, look, I liked the MJF Utah thing. It, it, it's two young guys, a 25 and 26-year-old, having a pro, program together. Obviously, MJF uh, killed it. And then Utah, you know, I don't mind, you know, because Robert in a text message said, that maybe you keep it shorter, you know, and sweet with someone who isn't as versed on the mic. But to me, you do give these people an opportunity and young guys who are excited and angry. Uh, that's how they argue. Like we know that now we, we watch high school fight clips all the time. And these guys don't cut great promos before they get in fist fights. Uh, it, there's just a lot of anger. And this was an angry dude who was uh, fueled. I, I didn't mind it. I, I liked everything Utah and MJF you know, did. That's that's including after the match later on. I, I will say it would have been – they should have cut it in half. And I agree he was good with the anger. It's just that he also tried to be, like, cute. He was kind of like – do. you remember when Kyle O'Reilly in NXT was trying to be, like, a cool guy, cool guy Kyle, that terrible character oh, yeah. That, yeah. That, that never worked? And there was a little bit of cool guy Utah in this. There was a yeah, little there's a moment he's like, oh, you want me to do what MJF does up here? You Okay. Uh, hey, where, where are you from? But he, like, had nothing to say. That was really rough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there was a couple things like that. And – I thought, you know, later, I mean, later after the match, he was awesome when, when the camera panned and he was in back of him. And I'm like, after the Moxley match, yeah, I really liked I was like that. Why did they need him to cut a promo then? If they had sure. that, that did more for him, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I don't mind an opening segment leading to a match. It's just, we don't want to see Danielson fight uh, Daddy Magic out of like anybody, you know? And so it's just a not so great opening segment that leads to a match none of us would care to see ever, which that's the first 25 minutes of the show. I, I, I thought that was a real bummer. What else happened in this first hour? Uh, it was the Moxley juice match. Yeah. So now the thing about juice is I am a juice fan, but when you have all of this talk about, do you guys want to leave? Are guys getting enough time? This and that. And also like the, this is how out of the loop I am with Juice, which isn't a compliment because I should know about Juice because I like Juice. I forgot he was in Bullet Club. So he walks out with a Bullet Club Tron, but he's saying he's not signed with New Japan anymore. It's all very confusing and empty. And maybe the last five minutes of the match were worthwhile, but otherwise it, it just wasn't that great at all. And he dresses like Moxley too. And so it's just like, it's you, tough, man. He you can't, got a bad gauge of who, who the character was because was when, when you wear jeans that are like rugged, but you're not this rugged fighter, you're just a wrestler, it doesn't make much sense. I, I didn't like it, man. I didn't like a lot of this hour, but I did like Utah and MJF. Props to them. And, and the fact that Garcia is another young guy that they're focusing on. I, I like the M, I, I like the MJF in it. I, I, I did. You could tell MJF likes Wheeler a lot in real life because <laughs> – like, if it was a guy that he just thought was okay, he would have ripped him apart after that promo. And I was actually surprised at how much Max held back, you know, where I was like, oh, you could have totally just, like, completely cut this guy's balls off. But, you know, right, good for you, I guess. Ro Robert, what do you think of that first hour? Dud. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, Yeah, that Jericho Appreciation Society thing was, like uh... – I don't I, I've been saying for a long time, Tony needs to bring in writers. Uh, I, I didn't mean the guys who've been writing raw the last few years, because this felt like uh, grim death. I get that you had Luigi, the pizza guy out there again as this running gag. 
the fact that they spent like part of it just bothered me that they spent money and time and made somebody have to make those Jericho Appreciation Society pizza boxes. Like that had to be scripted in advance, sent out, ordered, bought. Like a, that's a that's a huge pain for something not at all worth it. Uh, neither is Ring of Honor. Uh, Ring of Honor is not a real company anymore. They have they are not they have gone out of business. They are gone. This feels like when they brought back WCW. The the oh, I get you're in Philly, but the audience knows that this isn't Ring of Honor. There is no end game for Ring of Honor. They don't have their own show. They don't have their own brand. They just exist within something else. And it's it's odd. The audience isn't like screw you, Jericho. We need to protect the reputation of Ring of Honor. Like. It doesn't matter. Nobody, nobody cares. Like people remember Ring of Honor from 2004, 2005. If people cared about it, they would have been showing up and watching it and remembering what was going on. Uh, you know, Daniel Garcia wearing a bucket hat was uh, the most charisma he's shown because he stood still wearing a bucket hat, which was great. Uh, Jericho making the joke about, you know, trying to poach people like, oh, we get it because WWE is trying to steal the guys because they'll actually use them properly now. What assholes. What a prick Triple H is for trying to take guys like Malachi Black and Miro and FTR and putting them on TV. I think Fuck. I think there is if somebody in the Reddit started a thread, is Robert on the payroll of WWE? I think there's legitimate questions. That's a well, thread. I'm the only could. one of you guys not on the uh, AEW payroll, but uh, you know that's fine. <laughs> hey man, uh, I'm supposed to be on the fucking WWE payroll. Well, you know, we're, we're trying shit. to. That's why I'm I'll mainly the, just. I'll be, I'll, I'll be on the GCW. Payrolls, I'll be selling crap. Hey, Robert, Robert, Robert. Dan loves everything. I hate everything. And Scott's hoping Kenny bites him like a steel. Uh, great. By the way, I take it back. Hunter doesn't know. Great use of Claudio Castagnoli. Fantastic talent to carry a dude to the back for a minute and a half. That was spectacular. Oh, come on. But that was like, that, that was, was good. Fun. That was a good yeah, spot. It was, actually. Good, it was a goofy like, spot, but it's just he, like. He beat the guy. What's, what's more humiliating, beating him or carrying him out like a baby? You know? Whatever yeah, like floats your boat, dude. Uh, yeah, Yuta and MJF. Look, I, I I love these guys. Um, I actually booked this exact feud in MLW. Um, they are good friends. Yuta's a <laughs> really of something that exists within something that it's something exist. that is just that doesn't exist for real. So it's just like, imagine how much better on the mic Wheeler was four years ago. <laughs> four years ago, where we knew to not put Wheeler on a live mic. It's like we can pre-tape him quickly, oh, get thirty if seconds of fire. If you think. If you think Wheeler's good now, imagine him at an abandoned Florida Panthers factory with a sweating Robert Carpolis and <laughs> yes. 30 people while it's air-conditioned. Just Yes, it all, it all exists the inside the snow globe from St. Elsewhere. But, <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, Robert was able to give him quick, short lines because he's the king of brevity. Exactly. <laughs> I'm short and to the point. Uh, by the way, great use of the gun club because when we, that, you know, uh, clearly MJF needs the help. Uh, with to, with the rub that those guys are giving. Uh, and then, yeah, Moxley versus Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson looked like one of the Brutus Beefcake versions that we've seen. Uh, um, he's like Bullet Club apparently still exists, which I didn't know. Uh, it was great to see Hangman Page showed up for a, a second and a half. Uh, and then, yeah, the MJF Yuta brawl in the, uh, in the skybox, whatever. That looked really cool. And that's all you really would have needed. It could have been Max talking shit about Moxley fighting juice robinson and you know then i'm gonna be sitting up there with my chip and then you know you to jump some it's like that's impactful and that works instead they went a, a a really disastrous uh route by letting that guy talk for a while and uh easily one of the five worst promos on this show yeah <laughs> not number one 
No, not even close. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. I think I think we should address, um, you know, uh, an excuse a lot of people are giving for the the lack of of quality of this show is is the hurricane, and we hope that uh, everyone um, is okay. And said, Robert, you doing all right with all that? I mean, the hurricane was was tough. This was worse. Robert, <laughs> Robert's the only person who's upset the hurricane didn't kill him. He's like starving <laughs> in the road. Yes, the I didn't have to go back and do XFL research. The hurricane started to lift him and then put him back down. <laughs> no, I I think that uh, yes, Hurricane Ian Riccaboni. No, um, I think that uh, you know because that is an excuse people are using of like, well, they didn't have all of their roster, and obviously people couldn't get there. They shouldn't have gotten there, especially for this booking. Um, but well, on, Mike, the, the only people who couldn't be there that they said was. Swerve, Samoa Joe, and uh, Jake Hager, which were not like the recipes for success to make this entire show a totally different broadcast. Well, what I was going to say was there. This was still like a lot of people on the roster. And if you look at who was on this, who was on Dark, and who was on Rampage, like it's still a pretty loaded roster of guys you can use. So I, I just don't think that that's a a great and also I, I saw a few people being like oh juice actually was there because he fled the storm with tony it's like no they they advertised that on friday they announced it like a that. week so ago he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He be, they've been planning that and, so, and uh, he needs it so no, that means he, he probably did risk his life to be there but yeah, yeah I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think the storm is any excuse whatsoever i mean especially when you saw who they had on the show tonight uh last night it could it could have been phenomenal and it, it just was when they when they okay. put guys like that it's like what the fuck's the point of forbidden door if if a guy could just show up and you have rankings but he can do a world qualifier match and all that it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense well you know the technique the thing is is it's so technical right it's tony being like oh wait this is a guy who's beaten moxley twice and our world champion needs to be wait, but it's uh, it's not what we want. We just he doesn't we, need to be technical. We really do want focus on the company right now. He needs to be fun. His name is Juice, and he hasn't been on screen with Orange Cassidy yet. What the fuck? <laughs> That's what it should have been. So I yeah. saw that guy, and I'm like, I'm like that guy beat Moxley twice. It's just <laughs> it, it hurts Moxley's credibility that it's like you know he lost to uh, to to that guy. And Jack Daniels took him out a few times, so you know, but um. <laughs> The only two people he sells. But that's what I love, too, about this match was the guy's name is Juice, which Moxley loved because he bladed in this fucking match. Two reasons it's funny he bladed. One, he went up against, like, the best wrestler last week for 23 fucking minutes and didn't bleed at all. Um, and two, they bleeped the word shit later on in the show, but they let Moxley bleed in this nothing of a match. Uh, it was weird. Um the Jericho stuff, like that's the that's the thing about the show. A lot of people are saying that this is one of the worst dynamites ever. Where I will give it credit was it was ambitious and it was progressive. It was trying to build newer guys. Do I think they're picking the wrong guys? Yes, but I appreciate the attempt. the The Garcia thing it just doesn't work to me because you already had him put hands on Jericho weeks ago. It's very clear. He wants to be with Brian. It doesn't feel like a conflicting thing. And I love stuff like him having to wear the bucket hat, him in the purple, but that should be every week. He should be having to do these awkward sports entertainment things. 
Um, Luigi Primo, um, who, who was <laughs> turned out to be a real big anti-vaxxer. I don't take it to vax. Um, <laughs> He's still a pro wrestler. I don't man. read it to vax, and I don't take it to vax. Um, <laughs> but that dude, like, this should he should have one appearance. He shouldn't have been there two or three weeks ago, and then this also. And if he was going to be anywhere, why the fuck wasn't he in New York? He should have been in the Battle Royale or something. Like, this was just... Well, that's also a weird thing. I thought he was a Boston dude, but then they were saying it's like New York style pizza, which it's like, he's a New York uh, character. Oh, he is okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I so think the like guy New York himself. And Philly are, the pizza thing's weird because New York and Philly are close enough that like if somebody's like, oh, like oh, you want a Philly steak sandwich over a New York steak sandwich? I'd be like, yeah, Philly sandwich is better. And I think people from Philly think the same thing about pizza. I don't think anyone from Philly has been like our pizza is better, you know, that, than it, it just, it, 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 it's just not something I've ever heard. And that was the last thing I was going to say. Damn. Was, <laughs> that was the last thing I was going to say about this hour was I thought that the digs at Philly were kind of soft and lame, you know, like, and Tony being such a big ECW guy, I would have had one or two of those dudes and get, have them be fucked with by MJF or something. Like, well, I appreciated the hot dog stand. <laughs> I appreciate them letting Wheeler try, but it was just not a good attempt. And yeah, hit, like doing the I'm gonna do your shtick before you come out here takes a lot of talent. And it, he was not at the level to do that. And it didn't work. And and I think it also hurt MJ. I, I thought this was one of the weaker MJF promos I've ever seen. I thought it was decent when he was talking about money and all that stuff. It kind of worked, but him and Yuta just feels like a placeholder feud and i just don't think like i i, I think you did a little bit better than pillman jr on the mic against mjf but that's not saying anything <laughs> no i thought pillman jr did like for what he was doing he was like a true white meat baby face he wasn't yeah look what it did for him after promo yeah. yeah but it would have been so much like yuda has gotten over within this this uh blackpool combat club crowds like him he, it is his home it's a hometown for him they had the thing where he interrupted like they're playing a video package and he just comes out like well this is not supposed to happen it should have just been all right i'm not here to talk i'm here to kick your ass get out here and that's it and the crowd would have been like yeah we're we're good with this we want to see you fight and then max is the chicken shit who comes out there's like oh you want me to fight you want me to fight and then got hold me back hold me back and then you send the, the gun club out there to like fake hold him back or something like that and then let him talk you accomplish everything instead of just Wheeler going out and being like, all right, I sucked in the mic last week. Well, guess what? I'm going to do it again this week. Well, you know what it is too, is that I think people associate bad delivery with scripted promos and not just that. So people are just bad at promos. Like even if he wrote every word of that, it was very clear he was struggling to get it all out in a proper amount of time and, and memorize it and everything. And it just came off really clunky uh speaking of which what happened in the second hour dan no no <laughs> oh wait i did like the video packages throughout the night though of uh recalling things that happened at grand slam explaining bandito uh as well as yeah it was a weird like great step forward was there like that we're was gonna huge. remind you what yeah. happened we're gonna tell you who bandito is we're gonna tell you who juice robinson is yeah, even though it was just fucking star man that oh guy, dude the like, best yeah yeah i mean that's 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 what i'll say about that guy but even before i get into my review and if only if only aw had any luchas of their own 
<laughs> no, Bandito's great. Like not I as love, good as I, him, unfortunately. I'm excited to tune in every week and see Bandito and Will Ospreay. Um, yeah, just our, great talent. Our you team. know, that's a note. That's a note I had because Osprey. Uh, when when I saw that Bandito was booked, I was like, uh oh, it's going to be the Osprey thing, where he's he's better than almost everybody in the locker room. And so now everybody's going to be sitting there going, what the fuck? I want him on this roster. Yeah, he's very happened. good. Um, our How can you was- say that when Matt Menard has a singles match? <laughs> our two, a Soraya promo, which turned into a state of the union on the AEW women's division. Uh, Serena Deeb versus Tony Storm for the AEW women's championship. Ricky Starks versus some guy from Ring of Honor. And Chris Jericho versus Bandito for the Ring of Honor world title. Mike, what do you think of the second hour? Oh, man. Um, yeah. Uh, let's get the other stuff out of the way first. Um, the Jericho, I, I like the Jericho story. Of, uh, now I'm going to go after the different champions. I think you can get a good amount out of that. You can lead. I mean, I think they have, what, like six or seven employed. I I think it's the best way to use Ring of Honor, but just keep it to this storyline. You don't need anything else. I mean, I guess the Garcia of it all. Um, But, I mean, maybe, I I guess that's how I would do it, right? Is that Jericho does beat these other champions, and then Garcia goes title for title against him and wins at full gear. Right? That that, that seems fun. Yeah. I thought uh, the the acclaimed was okay. This was amazing to me. Like, and I do know that they will appear on Rampage. No spoilers, but I know that they're on that show. They they advertise it, but the ratings draws put them on fucking TV for real. Yeah, the, why they? Because you know when you see them backstage, you're like, okay, well maybe it was the hurricane. Maybe they couldn't be there, and so they just did a backstage thing. And this this even to me was like a a little bit like. It was nothing but scissor stuff. Like it was just so one note. And I think that's a fear where they're this great group that also happens to have this over thing, but you could really, as Vince Russo will prove, you can beat a dead gimmick. Like and you can fucking get that shit old fast. And you gotta be careful with it. Um, because I think it's one proponent, but like. I don't see why you wouldn't have had Caster come out and do a victory rap in front of the crowd on Dynamite. I I think that they deserved a fucking celebration way more than Jericho even did, and they got confetti and he didn't. So <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I would have. Those guys should be on TV every week, you know. I would have opened the sh- I, I would have opened the show with them. Um, well, I don't know why you don't put on TV on TV every week. Some people you do, you put, yeah. you put them on. And then TV. they were interrupted by beast uh, from X, I mean, uh, Keith uh, Lee and it was fine. And yeah, it, it's interesting. Cause there was one week swerve was there and Keith wasn't. And now Keith's there and swerve is, and it really is the most thrown. And I know why he wasn't there this week. There's no excuse. Keith wasn't there two weeks ago, but like, it really is such a thrown together tag team that I am happy to just see them move on to someone else. Um, but the Soraya stuff was fucking bad. It, it, and and I will give credit though. I you know I'm the one who often says they only give these women one segment. They gave them two. They from about nine o'clock to nine. Well, they put them. It was in a real prominent position for sure. Yeah, it was the top of the hour. Um, you know, right after your world champion. That's a big fucking deal. It just didn't work. 
I, I, I appreciate it. I'm going to give credit where credit's due for the attempt, but we don't know what her role is. She was acting like a GM. She was very much in her GM mode from WWE, um, you know, adding stipulations to matches, bringing out. I, this is the thing, too. If you're if you do have a somewhat depleted roster because of extenuating circumstances, maybe don't bring them out and say this is the whole division because there's what, like nine women. But there's more than that in the company. That did not feel like, and and it, you know what it did? It devalued Tony Storm. Having her come out with everyone else made her look like a jabroni. It made her look less special, um, and and that didn't help. And Paige, it's like, I mean, Soraya, like they gave her bullet points, and she just was all over the place. It was it was just a mess. I I thought the match was decent, you know, and and I she deserved to have this segment you know she is the biggest uh woman yeah, she was great i mean like there's nobody i root for more than her you know like is there's no one you want to see have a better comeback run she had great work when she was in wwe and she got her <laughs> fucking career snatched out from under her. sucks yeah, but like also why hire her and put her in the ring if she can't compete yet we don't know yet i mean that could no, be we don't too. but it just like if i'm wrong here tell me did they say what she was doing there? No, they didn't. Oh, boy. No, I and I don't know if that if she was supposed to kind of lay it out. That that's the other thing. So this is her first time back in a very long time, right? And so Tony goes, Look, we're gonna give you this time, and you want to give her the freedom to like say what you want to say. You're finally back, you know. This is huge. Like you you're thinking she's probably gonna cry, she's gonna talk about. Uh, the odds of coming back. She doesn't do any of that shit. She doesn't explain her history. She just says like, I am the revolution. And so it just like, it feels like you're just making up a fucking thing. There's no real explanation. We didn't even see her by, we didn't even see her by the deed of the house from Swerve. Cause last Man, week it was I knew Swerve's it was house and now it's her house. <laughs> yeah. When she came out and she was, uh, and she goes, I'm back. And you're like, Oh, like that's what you say. Your first time back. I knew she had nothing, and, and she had nothing throughout. It was – I felt bad for her. And I felt bad for the other women too, man, because – It's a return guys. speech, and she that, – that's – there's no way – Tony would have been in the wrong if he said, like, this is exactly what you're supposed to say because she should have the, the, the option to, you know, go wherever she wants to go in this emotional moment, and she wasn't emotional – she uh she bombed yeah she just bombed man yeah it was rough it was really rough it was it was it was it was i thought brit looked pretty good you know uh the fact that brit did come out and come off way better on the mic than her was was a moment i was a little grateful for but it it wasn't a good segment yeah there were some some good moves in the lumberjack match that uh the finish, man, the avalanche pile driver was crazy, but that was that was a crazy finish. Scott, what yeah. do you think of the second hour? Yeah, I didn't I didn't like that women's part at all, uh, whatsoever. And the main event I did, I love Bandito was someone he was in the main event of all in. And he was someone that I thought would be one of the first 10 hires for AEW, but he was signed to Ring of Honor for like four years or something shitty. And so now I guess he gets to be a part of AEW, but it's their ring of honor, which is not fun or 
interesting or good at all. And it just bummed me out. I really like this match. I appreciate Jericho letting Bandito get everything in that he got in. But damn, I just want to see Bandito. You know, I'd rather Bandito be there than fucking Roosh and Andrade. He's better than them. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's so it just sucks, man. He's one. Of, he's literally one of the best in the world, you know? And, and he's someone you, you pray to God Triple H doesn't get a hold of. Not that I'm saying he would necessarily do anything with him, but Bandito rules, dude. That 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 one arm, uh, like over the head holding Jericho with one arm was was unbelievable. I mean, I'm sure Hunter saw that was fucking salivating. How can you see so that good. guy and not be like, I could make this guy a big, big WWE star? He was drooling from his mouth and his nose. <laughs> the handshake right. in the beginning was awesome. The way Jericho like did like a whole yes, that was a pony handshake was fun. But yeah, other than that, you know. Kind of rough, man. Forgettable shit. Oh, the Matt Hardy private party thing backstage was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Robert, how much did you love this hour? Oh, this was this was beautiful. This was uh, uh, everything I, I I would hope for, everything I'd ever dream. Um, <laughs> thank you. So yeah, Soraya's <laughs> promo. Was the weirdest part of her already weird promo was when she made it seem like they were trying to cut her time. They're like, "Stop giving me a time cue. I'm going to talk as long as I want." Now let's bring out all the women who just happen to be standing back there. If there was a <laughs> oh, time yeah, cue, that was the worst. Off, yeah, why are all the women back there? Um, the yeah, weird, that's the, the other thing. thing. It was supposed to be this really, organic moment. Ugh. I'm also like, this is a weird thing in that her tone of like, it's nice to be in a company where they listen to me, like fuck wwe but the wwe is the one that stood behind her for a lot of the stuff that she went through she stayed on the payroll when she was not able to wrestle like they did treat her well while she was there she's not there's plenty of people who have a lot of like fuck this company mentality and they'd be justified in doing so some of those women who were standing in that ring that's not really like the soraya story like some of the people could, recording now could say fuck this company <laughs> exactly <laughs> well yet, wait like, remember if triple h is the main booker now remember triple h made fun of her in that press conference that was like super shitty that was shitty he apologized he made like a he, gang he, bang joke about yeah, it yeah he shit. did it's but it's like but, gross, okay but it they was, still, it was bad that was bad man corny, she talked yeah. about how afraid she was that they were gonna fire her when all that came out and they're like we, we support you uh, when she was injured, like I'm just saying, it's a weird narrative. Well, she when victim of fucking revenge porn, you know? yeah, no, it was, it was a totally fucked up situation. It was yeah. awful what happened to her. Britt came across strong in in her rebuttal of of it. And now it's like, well, now I really want to see Soraya against Britt, and like, oh no, but we're supposed to pretend that uh, Tony Storm is the face of the division because she's the interim champion who. When she comes out there, it needed Soraya to be like, oh, and this girl, she's she's great. Like, you know, it was it was very weird. It felt like uh, in in uh, Captain America Civil War when Ant-Man's all excited to see uh, uh, Captain America and then he sees Hawkeye. He's like, oh, yeah, you you're you're great, too. Like, that's how it felt when he saw Tony's when she saw Tony Storm. The deep Tony Thank Storm you for that. That I've got to keep Mike uh, uh, tuned in. Uh, the, the ladder was having a stroke. That was, the lumberjack match was it was it was fine. I don't know why Serena Deep has a flag, but uh, good for her for having a flag. Uh, that Andrade moment, he tweeted out today, free Andrade, and you kind of get why he's he's saddled in a private party butcher and blade feud, uh, <laughs> where he just walked in there and he's like, all right, fuck this, let you know my uh, the manservant guy uh, handle this. And then Matt Hardy being like, guys, we're we're gonna do it right this time. 
uh, was the same tone as in Can't Hardly Wait when Loveburger reunites and they're about to play a song and then it never happens. Uh, but that was a better moment than this. Ricky Starks beating uh, Eli Isom. I wrote the name down, but he shouldn't be beating babyface looking jobbers. Uh, it, it doesn't yeah, it was, work that was a, It was a weird pairing. For it's sure. like he came across as like an arrogant dick, especially when he like jumped on the dude to pin him and played the guitar on his leg. That's great if he was a cocky heel named Juice Robinson. Like a guy like Juice Robinson should play an air guitar when he's pinning a dude, uh, not Ricky Starks. And then the main event was was fun. They lucked out with Bandito bleeding from under the mask. It was a really cool visual that they were able to tell that story. It felt like when Flair would go into a town and try to make a, like a local guy where the audience thinks he's going to win. And then he does it in the end. The fact that he hit the, the lion tamer and the mask was like a skew and bandito couldn't see. I like that. Um, I'm less excited to watch Bobby Cruz sell. Uh, you know, it's like, he's a guy that most of the audience doesn't know who they are. Like Jericho is right. More people have seen him as a ring of honor champion than anybody else. And you're playing to a fraction of a fraction of an audience. And Jim Ross was complaining. He's like, I don't know why grand slam didn't do bigger numbers than it did. And it's kind of stuff like this. It's you're, you're assuming that everyone that's, that's part of your audience is the people who listen to our show. Uh, and if they were doing the numbers that we were doing, Tony Khan would kill himself. Um, and even that wouldn't draw a huge rating because it wouldn't be terribly charismatic and it'd be awkward and sad, but you know, this was, they want to blame it on the hurricane. Cool. Blame it on the hurricane. You have a stacked roster of great guys and you're just not using them properly. And it's, this felt like one of the biggest misfires they've had in a long time. And it's been a bummer. Cause I've been excited that the bucks are gone and punk is gone and Kenny's gone. It's like, let's see who's going to step up. Let's see what they do with the young talent they have. And a lot of the young talent, they just didn't do anything with. Or they let them talk. Or they let them talk. Well, why didn't they follow up the Eddie Sammy story? Like, I wanted to say, it was so fun last week. I wanted to see. Because I'm sure on Dark Elevation, they gave it four and a half minutes to remind you of it. <laughs> well, that was what was crazy about the whole um, Ricky Starks thing is that it's like he just beat this massive heel that's twice his size. And. I, you could tell the Tony logic is well. We need. We should have him on TV. We only have forty five seconds. Oh, and I promised this guy I'd give him a match. <laughs> so it's like, but it, of all the ways you could get Ricky over, this was not it. I honestly would have had a Ricky promo with clips of the fucking uh, Hobbs match just for all the people in the audience who didn't get to see it. <laughs> Yeah, and, and there's there's so many guys that obviously based on this right like, that just didn't exist. Like it's weird how little they use Wardlow and FTR, or how little they use like the Lucha Bros and Pac and Orange Cassidy well, and all these guys. They use the Lucha Bros a lot. No, no, but I'm saying just on this week of, of a show where you know it's like very Ring of Honor heavy. Yeah, there's just a there's a lot of great talent that it's not like they were unavailable. And you just don't have them at all. I know there's some guys that are on Rampage. I think probably Darby. Is Darby on Rampage against Jay Lethal? Or is that next week? Or I don't know when uh, that That's next is. week. Yeah, that's, that's next the one-year so, anniversary. Yeah. Or there's just a lot of guys. Four-year anniversary? What is it? It'd be three years. Three years. Hmm. Couldn't yeah. tell you. I don't know what they just said. Dynamite anniversary. Is it three-year anniversary? 
Um, yeah, yeah. October, a lot of guys just yeah, for zero representation. Are we getting Paige Moxley there? Uh, no, I don't believe so. No, not next week. I, no, I, know they, week. I know they set up Jericho and Danielson, so that's a fresh match. No, no, no. It's well, they set that up for a few weeks from now, but right, yeah, a few weeks week we're getting the tag match. It's yeah, Garcia, tomorrow. Yeah, next yeah. week we're getting the tag. Yeah, and we're getting MJF for Suda. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Next week. I did love Paige's uh, Dolly shirt, and he should just wear stuff like that. Like, just be consistent. I like. I always root for Paige, man. I, always, I see a lot of myself in Paige. You know, romantic, lonesome ha- cowboy. Yeah, that's yeah, what I we also all think of. Buy you as a world champion. <laughs> all right, let's get to high spot. And Dan, Dan, Dan's first title defense would also be against a midget in a halo costume. That's true. Uh, high spot, low spots for me. Uh, I'll go first. The high spot was the Sami Zayn segment on SmackDown. I think it's one of the best in-ring segments I've ever seen, and definitely the best one in a while. Um, reminded me of like that Jericho first inner circle promo segment you know as far as like we're that cody promo um you know as far as like things and my uh my low spot is like i was trying to convince my wife to watch it and she finally did and then afterwards i realized like oh wait a second like later in the day i'm like were you trying to have sex with me and she's like yes so my low spot was i didn't realize i i turned down sex to make her watch a sammy zane sammy zane segment I'm not proud of this. I didn't know it until afterwards. I don't think anybody's surprised by that. <laughs> My high was- spot is also the Sami Zayn segment. It just has to be if you saw it. It's the it's one of the coolest things that's happened. Uh, wrestling. wrestling. This is a fun, fun segment in Sami rules. And that was for sure, for sure a high spot. And, and I did see his match on Raw. And it, it was a lot of fun, too. So, yeah, he is my high spot for sure. What's your low What's spot? Low spot? That's tough. I don't I don't know. I don't want to say dynamite because I love that bandito shit so damn so so much. Hmm. Come back to me on, on the low spot. I'll end on my low spot. Mike, I'm going to say, you know, my high spot, it did not work, but that they did give more time to the women. It shows that there must be some kind of concession with Warner Discovery, because I've always heard it was like Turner that didn't want them to have more than one segment. So it it is fascinating that even though it didn't work, I hope they don't give up on it. I, I think that there is talent there. There is hope there. And, you know, it, it's worth exploring even if last night was a disaster, um, you know, so, so I'll, I'll give respect to that. Um, my low spot was, yeah, them, I mean, the bleep of the word shit doesn't bother me as much as if you know that that's the kind of language that's going to be bleep now, just don't do it anymore because it comes off really lame. Um, you know, and I mean, I actually think, it'll help the creativity of promos for people to not have that as a crutch as much. But, um, but then that case, don't do it. You know, like, I don't want to see Jade go, Tony, cut the, like, just don't say the phrase anymore. Um, You know, I I mean, that must be a discovery thing because it's new, but 
Yeah, and, and I am Andy still Andy Rooney of pro wrestling, Michael Lawrence. <laughs> and I am still surprised that, yeah, like fucking uh oh, you know what my other low spot is uh fucking Menard and Parker lost to Action Bronson and Hook in five minutes last week, and Menard gets to go nine minutes with Daniel Bryan. Like they really subtly make Bryan look way worse than they need to. He can't make you bleed. And he won't beat you as quickly as Action Bronze. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Robert. Got... Oh, Scott. No, go ahead, Robert. Uh, uh, yeah, my high spot, definitely Sami Zayn. Not only the, the SmackDown segment, on Raw, he knows his character. So he had an amazing match with AJ Styles that reminded you of like, okay, Sami Zayn and AJ Styles had a, a probably match of the week. It was phenomenal. But even when he wrestles it, he still wrestles it as this shitty character. Like, he leans on the fact that Solo Sokoa is outside, and he can do great El Generico stuff, which he still does in the match, because it's him and AJ, and they gave him, like, 20 minutes. But he still knows to wrestle to this chicken shit character. But there was a moment early in the show where they're, they're like, their stretch Hummer whatever pulls up, and they open the door, and so Solo walks out, and then Sammy walks out, and he's waiting for someone to close the door, and no one shows up. He's like, oh, I got it. I'm going to close that door myself. You you hold on. Like He just he plays these little moments so well of knowing who his character is. And we talked about it before when he was on the press conference uh, for the, the Logan Paul match that he's just so conscious and aware of how he behaves at all times. He's a fantastic. He, he will wind up probably being our wrestler of the year at this rate. I think it's. I, 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 there's yeah, a I think so. It. It's, it's really good. I mean, if you uh, want to say, like, who's the best sports entertainer of the year, it's him, no hands down. You know? I mean, well, Danny Garcia, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my low spot, uh, we're recording this Thursday night. Earlier today, uh, Kevin Dunn was trending worldwide on Twitter, and I, I feared the worst, and it was true. He's still employed by the WWE. <laughs> uh, huge low spot for me. I guess some, you know, jack off with a Twitter account had, of course, started a rumor that Kevin Dunn was fired and everybody got excited. And then it came out and like, no, no, he still works there. So Kevin Dunn is still alive and he still works for the WWE. Uh, easily my low spot of the week. You mean, you mean low sprat? It's just very mean, Mike. I will not tolerate this bullying. <laughs> did he, did he film the XFL? Is that, did he have anything to do with like, well, I would that? love to see him do welcome to the XFL. Welcome to the, welcome to the XFL. He, I mean, he oversaw all the WWE production side of it. When it was on networks, they would have actual directors and, and people handling it, but he oversaw a lot of whatever WWE put together uh, video packages and, and things like that. So filming the women well, in the like locker room. Well oh, yeah, no, he, yes, the filming the women, that was one of those post hoc things where he's like, just say it was part of the plan. We were always going to film the women. <laughs> he's a total piece of shit. I and really and having the him. final game in a dam that he built himself. <laughs> what do you got to promote this week, Mike? Um, Not much, I guess. Uh, you know, I'm on the Facebook group sometimes and uh, rest of the rest. <laughs> What? That just the, your promotion just became that that painting of the people in the diner at night. Yeah, well, more people <laughs> read my comments on the Facebook page than pay to see you do comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's not a high bar. No, it's not. 
It's a pretty low bar. That's it. Uh, I'm just going to promote, uh, guys, uh, thank you for my TNA journey. For the $10 tier, I'm moving to every in-your-house. I'm starting with the first in-your-house, Diesel versus Sid, post-WrestleMania 11. So, uh, <laughs> I'm moving into your house. <laughs> watch as Dan decides not to have sex with his wife so he can watch 1996 study promos. Yeah, exactly. I'll be there in a minute, honey. Hakushi's finishing. <laughs> Hey, I'd like to eat you out, but I gotta watch this John Pierre Lafitte match. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, former guest, friend of the show. Yeah, um, yeah. friend of the yeah. show, friend of the show. <laughs> uh, all right. Scott. Uh, for for me, uh, Scott underscore Chaplin on all oh, the social media. What? Sorry, I, I sorry, I, I broke up. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, with his <laughs> wife. <laughs> <laughs> She's free. <laughs> Dude, what if she left you for Meltzer? He oh, wouldn't man. be mad. Oh, what if she's like, you know what? I actually do like that voice. I just didn't like the guy thruple. listening to it. We'd be, our, we'd be, our, we'd be uh, Sunnyside's hottest thruple. <laughs> Dan would finally stop listening to him. <laughs> <laughs> The new chick just has too much to say. <laughs> he leaves. He leaves the bedroom, and Dan goes, "What did you think?" And Dave goes, four and a half." <laughs> and he's like, "You don't. She don't get a full fat stop." Oh man, there'd be even less eye contact. <laughs> uh, Scott, what do you got? Uh, I have another podcast out for smokes that you should check out. And also my low spot, because I didn't get to say it, New Japan has two shows this weekend in the UK, right? Sold. Called called oh, Royal Quest, right? FTR is is fighting there, right? And uh I'm not they don't they're not even gonna say when it, when I get to see it. What what kind of shit is this? I don't know when I'm gonna get to see it. It's essentially like a house show. They were pitching it like it, it was this huge deal. United Empire versus uh it's FTR. Not gonna be on New Japan World they haven't announced when it's going to be on new japan world not this weekend they're just filming it this weekend and the matches announced aren't that great other than naito versus Zack saber jr and the uh the tag match i just said aussie open versus ftr so that's my low spot give me give me give me rampage <laughs> also hey thank thanks everyone who came to milwaukee and san fran great to see so many forbidden dorks robert uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. And as a proud member of the ad-free shows network, we'd be remiss not to plug Chili Sleep. If it can keep Conrad's fat ass cool, imagine what it'll do for you. Wait, what's it called? Chili Sleep? Chili Sleep. Hey, I think you, they you eat a big ball of chili before you go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> what's Chili Sleep? If you know, oh god, they always talk about it on their shows. It's like it's some like mattress cover they put on that like cool. Oh, I, I got excited because I'm like, we got our first sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> I really got excited. We got a sponsor. I was like, yeah, another yes. easy street for old Saint Germain. <laughs> you know, we, we don't have the charisma of Arn Anderson slowly slipping into senility on his podcast. Do you think? Do you think like Conrad has two guys knock on the door and they're his manscapers? <laughs> i just picture like this is robert right at like the like the the press conference it's like the ad free shows press conference and this is what robert's doing 
And then and, and he goes to and then Conrad goes to confront Robert in his locker room after, but he can't fit through the door. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I just imagine Robert not being with his wife because he's listening to ad-free shows. <laughs> Honey, come to bed. No, there's a really good My World with Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Thank you, all things comedy. Thank you, ad-free shows. Thank you for bidding dorks. <laughs> Our patrons. <laughs> Thank you, Apple, in case you accidentally post this podcast this week. <laughs> Fuck you, Tim Cook. I didn't, I didn't know they listened to them before they decide not to air them. Uh, Zach? Wash your hands. <laughs> Even Zach was too lazy to come off mute for that one. <laughs> like, fine. <laughs>